2: Hi, Lewis. What do you advise for, for firms, for businesses? How do they deal with everybody calling in sick on Monday?
0: Absolutely. You've got to have a policy. And anytime there's a big event happening uh, throughout the year, it's always a good idea for businesses to have a policy that uh, meets the values of the company that they have. And so one of the things that we've done in the past is either have a policy where we have uh, a delayed entry Uh, or have a policy with an incentive for people to show up. And what we have found is that increases the amount of participation on days following a big event.
2: Nice. So really incentivizing people like they could get, I don't know, here in Philadelphia. I mean, obviously, we're not necessarily rooting for either team, but maybe say, hey, we'll get you an Eagles jersey or something of that nature, even if it's not your necessarily your city that's in the Super Bowl. Um, w- would you say something different if you're actually in one of the cities where they win the Super Bowl and then there's a parade? I mean, I think, in it, you know,
0: if they win the Super Bowl, I think you pretty much have to just uh, accept that nobody's going to be going to work. <laughs> even the people who are not fans are, are not going to show up just because of, of you know, the, the, the chaos that ensues when somebody wins a, a big game. And I remember when um, I'm, I'm, you know, traditionally from a Braves uh, fan and when they won the World Series, it was pretty much shut down in the city of Atlanta.
2: Yes. Amen to that. Yeah, I was covering that one at the time. You know, just as an attorney, I wanted to get your take on a few stories making headlines as far as the headline that President Joe Biden, we have Department of Justice coming out and saying, you know, in this case, this is a gentleman. Let's say he's not president. Let's say he's just mm. anybody who's being investigated. And ultimately, the report says, you know, this is somebody who's this likable elderly person. A jury's going to like this person. And the person's very forgetful and can't even remember anything. So how can we really successful, su- successfully prosecute this? Is that something that is a usual, I don't know, is that is that something that you see in practice that you would either as an attorney push for that or would that be something that a judge or a prosecutor may actually consider to say, no, we're not going to prosecute that even if we think some things were not quite right?
0: Well, I mean, one of the things, one of the standards for having, um, uh, you know, a case is that you have to be competent to stand trial. So if they find that there's a, a level of incompetency that doesn't allow the person to properly uh, stand for trial, then they could, uh, they could push, to to not prosecute based on on that basis, um, the question is if you're incompetent to stand trial, could you be competent to be the president? Right, And that, that's right. A, another question you have to really consider.
2: Yes, and to your point, that's what surprised me. And they're not ta- the media is not everybody's kind of you know playing that that horrible news conference from yesterday. But it did surprise me that nobody was talking about her's actual report. I don't recall. You know, something of this nature with DOJ This is a major, you know, obviously, this United States of America, highest level investigation. And to say he was, quote, significantly limited during all of the interviews with the special counsel and that his age and presentation would make it more difficult to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt. In your memory as an attorney, I mean, do you is this something you've heard or is this, would this be unusual to you?
0: I mean, it's unusual to me because we're living in, a, in unprecedented political times, right? Yeah. The, the the political landscape has has completely changed over the last 30 years, uh, specifically maybe even over the last 15 years. And we do, we do, uh, there's, a, there's a big subsection of, of our society that does believe that we are weaponizing the political yeah. system. And so it's changed drastically. Um, I've never seen anything like this. But again, if, if a person can't stand for trial because of their competency, their age, you really wonder, do you want that person leading the, the freest world in the freest country in the world um, in the future?
2: Yes, sir. That's, that's so true. I, I also, there's this other case, and many cases I'm seeing, and you talked about this, divisive times, and that is, you know, these latest columnists, they've been involved in court battles with locally here a UPenn professor Who I see him all the time on NBC news and he's, he's quite famous in the country, but because they had made parodies and we could argue that it's not appropriate to make jokes about, um, you know, the case of former coach Jerry Sandusky, who's now in prison for horrible pedophilia Mm -hmm. crimes. And so we could, we could argue that even in commentary, certain, certain, you know, jokes should be off limits, but ultimately a jury, a DC jury says, nope. You know what? They damaged this individual. And so uh, we want to award a million dollars from each of these pundits. I mean, these were clearly op ed pieces that they were writing. And I believe in one of them, it was just a blog. Is that something, mm-hmm. you know, in the law that you're concerned about the weaponization against, whether somebody's, I don't know, very liberal, very conservative, or somehow their political view now? you know makes them a target of these types of lawsuits
0: i'm absolutely concerned i mean anytime that you can use the legal process to to stop someone from saying what they believe that or or stop someone from saying anything i think it's very dangerous because it becomes a slippery slope like at what point uh does it become a, a a a weapon against people that you don't agree with and we see this in other countries where there is no freedom to speak and there's no freedom to speak Uh, at work. There's no freedom to speak uh, in the government, and I think it's very, very dangerous when when we use the legal system in that manner.
2: Yeah, it's... Were you... I don't know if you saw it or not, but I just wanted to ask for your take as far as the Supreme Court justices were asking all of them across the board. It doesn't matter which president appointed them. They were asking great questions. They were clearly focused on the Constitution. Did that... Was... Was that heartening for you? In other words, looking at judges who did not appear to be taking sides because of anything political?
0: I mean, I, I think at the, at the highest level, especially at the Supreme Court, there should be a sense or at least a, a feeling uh, from, from normal society that they are impartial. And so anytime that there's a discussion about uh, the, the, that revolving around the impartiality, of a decision, I find that very encouraging. And uh, anytime that there's a decision where it feels like all the justices were united on that decision, I find that very encouraging because, you know, our, our freedom and our, and our uh, country depends on the impartiality of judges who are making, who are essentially making law. I know that that's not the, technically true, but who are essentially deciding law for the rest of the country and, and a country in which we have to live in. So, uh, yes, it's very, very encouraging to see when people are at least trying uh, To come to some consensus as to what the Constitution protects for its citizens.
2: Yeah, it's so true. Well, uh, business strategist and attorney Lewis Scott, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing your thoughts. I love it. Hope you come back. Lewis Scott of Eight Figure Firm Consulting. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely.